last week or two weeks ago that I said, if y'all are complaining about how long I preach, we'll bring Tony Woodall back. So <laughs> just wanted to put my money where my mouth was right there. Actually, I didn't know Tony was going to be here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Whew. Hey, look at these new chairs. Well, new formation of chairs. What, did it freak y'all out a little bit? Yeah? It's a little different. I, f- I feel like I can see everyone a little bit better, though. Do y'all? That's the point. That was the point. It was Greg's idea. If you hate it, you go talk to Greg. Just <laughs> I actually really like it. The point being that it's a little bit more communal and looking around and seeing each other a little bit more with the chairs curved like that than just totally fa- kind of faced front uh, towards, towards me. So appreciate that, Greg. Thank you for, for it. Um, all right. Let's dive in this morning. Last week, we were going to talk about the Stones River budget, which we're going to this week a little bit more, but I think with wisdom decided, you know, we have 25 or something, 20 visitors. How many do we have? Man, Dean brought all kinds of people. Where's he at today? Look at that. I guess he figured that he brought so many people last week that he would get, get, get take a week off and be all right. Jeez. If we implemented that, then we could have these seats filled, I guess. They'd be like, well, I want to get off next week. Um, so this week I am going to preach a shorter message leading up to Matt and Brian sharing some very practical things about our budget. <laughs> yeah, all right, so a couple of things about that. Number one is I love a church that's transparent about the financials because I've gone to churches before where I didn't really know where the money was going, and I love it that, that we have that. And also, where are we at? Okay, yeah, y'all are already thinking of looking at my looking at my statistics. Man, yeah, I like this part. Well, I'll get there in a second. But I also want to remind us that whenever Jesus and his followers walked around and had conversations, they had some very practical conversations, like, "Hey, what about divorce?" Or, "Hey, should we pay the temple tax? What does that look like?" Right. So it doesn't always. It's not always going to be like you know, glory dust and stuff, you know, it's just like there's very times where he's just very practical. And today's just a a super practical conversation around giving and our needs uh, as a family of Stones River. So I titled this Practical Giving Within God's Community. All right. Last week, I hinted at some, you know, graphs and statistics that I was looking at. I said I wasn't going to show them. Then I thought, I don't know, I think it'd be kind of good to show a few of these. And the point being, and I'll go through, there's three slides when it, with this kind of stuff, but the way that generations think about giving and give is different. So this might help us to get to know each other a little bit more, because guess what thing I love about Stones River is we're kind of cross-generational, which is really cool. Um, man, I didn't put that on the right slide, did I? Type of slide, maybe I did. It's close enough. We can see most of it. So this is done for, this was done a study with, with interested Christians, okay? So this isn't just everybody. This is Christians or people who say that they are. Um, the first question is, what's the importance of generosity? I think this is really interesting because, as we'll see later when it comes to actual giving and stuff, <clears throat> generations see giving differently, and maybe generations have misperception on how giving they actually are, <laughs> I can, I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to talk about millennials, and sometimes I'm going to call us to the table because I'm one of us. So I can do that, right? 
I'm not a boomer. I'm not an elder. I'm not Gen X. Millennials basically are like people who are like 25 to 40 or something like that, roughly. It's not exactly, right? So I know there's a lot of us that fall into that category. So out of these generations, surprisingly, we, got, we have millennials right there in Gen X is saying like it's, the, it's very, very important, right? It's the millennials think it's very or extremely important more than anyone else. Can you th- think about that? Because a lot of people see millennials as not very giving or not caring about that stuff sometimes. On the flip side, um, you see folks like boomers there being one of the lower ones, but we'll see if maybe boomers give more than, <laughs> than what we rec- you know, recognize, right? Let's go to the next slide. This is a great next question. What do you mean by generous? We had a good topic, a uh, conversation on Friday night in our spiritual gifts conversation that we had about giving and being a generous person. Is it just finances? No, it's not. There's other, the other ways that we are generous with our time and different things. But this actually shows us what each generation values. And so this is asked... And this is, this is basically, if you look on the far left-hand side, that kind of, it's kind of dark blue. That's an average of all the generations. And then you get to see the generations to the right-hand side of that. And this is not, do you feel like money is important? They just did this as what is the most important? Or how do you view generosity? Oh, no. <laughs> what is this? My batteries are dying? Okay. One second. I'm good. Okay. Okay. There we go. Are we good now? So what's interesting is if you look to the far left-hand side, the elder generation, over half of them, when they think of the word, which word is most associated with generosity, service is number one. Think about that. Over 50% of that generation, it's out of all these, out of these five things, service is number one. Boomers are right there with service being very high, 38%. When they heard these words said service. Interestingly enough, when you go over to emotional support, the el- it, it, that's not one of the top ones when it comes to elders, which is so interesting because when you look at like boomers and you look at millennials in particular, they find that very, very important to them. They feel like having, being there, being emotionally supportive of friends, family, whatever, is something that's a generous act. I wonder for some of these people, like the elders, if they're like, yeah, we're just supposed to do that. Like, it's not, like, so it doesn't come out as like it feels very generous. Uh, I wonder that. It's interesting that whenever these people were asked, only 22% said that money had to do with being a generous person. So they viewed generous people as um, some of these other things. We see that elders have the highest percentage there. But what's striking to me is how small the percentage of millennials checked the money box whenever it came to that, that, and that is directly associated with the challenges that the church has as, as a whole in America and beyond, supporting different things like that. Because they view, obviously, you know, service and emotional support and some of these things, as we can even see hospitality. I'll get there in a second. Um, but I think that's, that's very, very striking that that number has gone down tremendously from Gen X down to millennials. Then what I also think is striking is when you look at hospitality, look at how much millennials have that as being generous. I'm, I'm, 
I'm thinking that's probably because the elder generation doesn't view hospitality as being generous. That's just who they are. Like grandma, man, she would have, you know, people would come in and out after Sunday. You just give, you just cook. That's just who you are. That's what you do. That's not something that they don't see. Because I know the elder generation is very generous whenever it comes to hospitality. I feel like it's very, my my thought is, I'd like to dive deeper, is that we're so individualized that when someone's actually hospitable, we view them as very generous. Because, wow, they invited me to their home, you know? And then lastly, gifts. I think that's interesting that there's not a huge percentage of anyone that sees that as someone who's, who is a person of generosity. Okay, last slide on this. This is striking. So this has to do with giving. It's not just giving to the church. These are Christians, and they're giving. Now, this is one data point. Barna, Barna does good, pretty good work, but... <clears throat> I think this is, this is very, very interesting. I'm going to stay away from the millennial thing for right now, but you see that elders, boomers, Gen X, they're all roughly about the same. Dang it, we can't see the percentages, but I can tell you the percentages over there. If, uh, where, that, where boomers is, that's right under 50%. All right, so that's the 50% mark. So we're seeing that this may be surprising to even you all here, like people who are very generous people, sometimes you're surprised to go, oh, other people aren't really given that much, <laughs> as much, like, to be real. And so you see that Boomer and Gen X, and among Christians, um, less than $50, this is per year, still, like, between 38 to 40-something percent of that generation gave less than $50 a year, all the way over to when you get to, like, the $2,500 plus, um, you're still only talking about, like, 20%, 25% elders and what you do see here is when it comes to church and practical giving among Christ's community, these people are, like, keeping the lights on and the mission going. Like, not just church-wise, I mean, like, missionary-wise, like, helping the needy, helping the poor. Uh, when it comes to money, now, a lot, of the, a lot of the millennials are the ones that are the boots on the ground serving and caring and stuff like that. But I think this is striking because millennials, if we don't change there's not going to be fun. Where's the funding for the kingdom going to go? Because if you look at that from Barna, 84% of millennials gave less than $50 a year to kingdom-related work. That's crazy. Is this the church? Like, I'm just going to be blunt. Is this the church that Jesus wants? And I know there's different values. I really I know that there are. But there's work that needs to be done, and practically... Like, it costs money to help people. It costs money to do those things. And that's a poopy. I mean, to be real, like, like if you talk about $2,500 plus being like 3%, congratulations if you're in that. You're in like the 3% of millennials that actually give <laughs> in that thing. What, am I not allowed, not allowed to say that? Is that surprising to anybody? Like, is this stuff surprising? No, yes, no, Okay. Um, yeah, okay, so let's, let's, let's dive into a couple things uh, I want to share with the Word here and bring us some encouragement, and then Matt and, uh, Gre- uh, not Matt and Greg, Matt and Brian are coming up here. Go to the next slide, please. <clears throat> there's so, okay, there's so many passages on, on, on giving, and last week I, call, I titled my sermon, Becoming Like Our Giver, because that's ultimately what we're trying to do. We're not, the preacher's not trying to get in your pocket. We're, not, we're trying to, as a people, become like our giver. And 
the reason I'm being very practical with some of this is because I think our generation has not been discipled well with this. I think we've not been called to the carpet on certain things about the way, how are we treating our finances, what are we doing with the Lord, that other generations, yes, maybe there were abuses, maybe there was some bad theology, but they were at least called to be generous financially, emotionally, all this stuff, right? And, and I've been, fe- and, and this la- next couple weeks, this week and next week, Greg's going to preach, actually. Um, we're just focusing on financial because guess what? We just don't talk about this in the church that much. We talk about serving and emotionally supporting and stuff a whole lot. We don't talk about this o- often. So, because I don't want to, because I don't want someone to think that I will try to get your money or something like that. It has nothing to do with that. Um, but I think that this is very important because some people will say, well, financial, that's not very spiritual. Yes, it is. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's extremely spiritual. The way that we treat the money that God gives us as steward and the way that we ex- exhibit the generosity of God out to the world is extremely spiritual and extremely important. Um, so I'm going to read just a short section of Luke chapter 8. Contextually, this is right after Jesus has the alabaster jar poured over his feet. And you have this woman who is just pouring out her heart and soul to Jesus and just weeping. And then you have, you know, some of the dudes being like, why is she doing that? And what kind of woman is she? And all this kind of stuff. I say that to say this section right here really shows how important women were to Jesus' ministry of vital importance. In chapter 8, it says, after, after he was traveling from one town, so this is after this act has taken place, and village to another preaching and telling of the good news of the kingdom of God, which is what he did, the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary called Magdalene, seven demons had come out of her, Joanna the wife of Chusa, Herod Steward, Susanna, and many others who were supporting them from their possessions. You guys, you ever, you ever see, you ever read that and like really sat down and meditated on it for a second? I think a lot of us have. But I think this is hugely important because what this is saying is Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, King, when he came to this earth, God could have, Father could have done any way he wanted to provide for Jesus and his companions. <laughs> you know, you see the, you know, kind of those situations like the, fish, the coin in the fish's mouth, and those are, those are kind of just on the fringe, I guess is what I'm going to say. For the most part, what God did was he invited the community of faith to participate in the mission of God, and as he did that, this is how, this is one of the ways that they were invited to participate. And you see, these women are women who had been touched by Jesus, And what I love about it is it doesn't seem all legalistic. It seems like these women were touched deeply by his ministry, and they said, how can I help and how can I participate? And they followed him around, and they supported him. Like, it wasn't God didn't rain down gold from heaven for Jesus. God said, let's have the community of faith support the work that's being done, you know? It's interesting because that God does the same thing, or Jesus does the same thing when he sends out the 12. He does the same thing when he sends out the 70. They were to go, and they were to prepare the way. And Jesus says, rely on the hospitality of others, right? And they were going to the lost sheep of Israel, right? So he was saying, my people are going to take care of you. Trust that in God to do that. And as you do that, it's going to be okay. 
And then he says, and by the way, those people that are hospitable and generous, they may be the ones closest to the kingdom. Stay with them. I love that. That there was this idea that those who had the generous hearts were probably the ones closest to the kingdom of God. Stay with those. Teach them. Heal the sick. Blah, blah, blah. So forth and so on. To me, it reveals how important hearts of generosity are hearts of generosity, how important it was that these women identified a need within the community and said, I'm going to participate in that. I love it. So huge. Uh, next slide. I'm, not, I'm, I'm close to being done, actually. Uh, another, thing that's, that's another story that just hit me was Elisha and the Shunammite woman. In 2 Kings, in 2 Kings chapter 4, it talks about how Elisha was a prophet, and he was going around. It's like this because it's super practical. Elisha's going around doing his prophet thing, but the Shunammite woman identifies, hey, he's a real person. He has needs. What does he do? What does she do? She invites him into his house and feeds him. And then what does she do? She goes, hey, husband, can we build a room so that when Elisha comes through, that he can actually like, have a room to stay, have food to eat, so forth and so on. I know that guys can be good at this, but I think there's just something in women <laughs> that, help, that they're, really helps them to identify and empathize with the needs. And she's the one identifying a need. It's a super, and that's a couple things I want to mention. It's so practical. Like Jesus' needs were practical. Elisha's were practical. He needed to eat. He needed a place to stay. And she said, I, we, have the, we have the resources. Let's figure out a way to help Elisha. And what hits me so hard about this is I know, I know what it's like to take up donations personally. I know what it's like many of you do to do that. I know many missionary friends and people who've done local missions, who've done foreign missions and all that kind of stuff, and recognize that there are very few that are funded properly. Like most are just scraping by. What amazing woman this was to identify, hold up, there's something not right, how can I help support what you're doing? Because in, in all the time of me talking to my friends and stuff, and very rarely, it's like you have to ask other people. <laughs> very, it's like you, wanna, you don't know if you can even stand in the glory of God when someone comes to you and goes, how can I support you? How can I be a regular part? Whoa, a regular part of what you're doing. I see you doing kingdom work, and I know it. And so one thing I want to encourage us to do as we think about giving is, again, not just here at Stones River, God, can we be people that can identify kingdom work that's taking place, that's going well, and God, do you want us to help with that? And part of that is, it's not only, it doesn't only, it doesn't only have to be that, but part of that could be financial. Like, God, how can I do that? How can I participate in that? Because, man, it's so, so, so important. I'm going to ask us three questions and then Matt and take a cup of coffee sip. Greg did that the other night. He did it very uh, professorly. We were doing the spiritual gift night. And he slurped. I can't slurp with this. <laughs> it's a cup's not I thought to myself, that's great. I need to steal that for a sermon. It just makes you feel a little more powerful. <laughs> a long pause coffee slurp. Uh, I'm going to ask three questions, and so last week I spoke a little bit on giving. Uh, this week I wanted to share a little bit on giving. Next week, get, Greg's going to go a little deeper on giving. 
I think that as we have a few of these conversations, I would love for us all to take some giving inventory, very practically, of us in our lives. All right? To where, I mean, we can talk about it. We can be like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a great. I love the shooting of my woman. But, like, actually with our families, if we have families, if, uh, or by ourselves asking the Lord some, some very practical questions. So here's three questions I want us to ask. Next slide. Okay. I want you to pray about your rhythm of giving in your life. Because I believe that if we are becoming like our giver, there should be a rhythm. It shouldn't be, God is a a continually giving God. And so it's not just a one-off every every year he gives a little or something like that. But I I really encourage you to pray and to ask the Lord, especially if you're, maybe you're one of those millennials that's in that 50 bucks or maybe 200 bucks or something a year. But to pray and go, God, we just got to be better discipled at this. We've got to. We've got to. We've got to. We've got to increase. And I'm talking about not Four Stones River. I'm talking about for the kingdom of God. We've got to participate better in his mission when it comes to this, millennials. But pray and ask God, God, what type of regular rhythm do you have? Because when I thought about this strongly, I thought, y'all, listen, what ends up happening with some of that 50 bucks or whatever when God taught the Israelites how to give, he said, bring the first fruits. He didn't say, come give me the leftovers. Meaning if we're not, and some of this we've just never been taught on. Meaning if we just kind of go through our life and we're doing our finances, we're doing our budget, and then, hey, if there's a little left over, I'll think of God, how could I maybe give it to the kingdom? Kingdom giving should be number one if you do any type of a budget. God, where is it at? I'm because why? Because he is worthy of the first fruits. He's not worthy of the crap scrap. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Or the scraps. Forgive me. I'm, I am sorry if there's kids in here. He's, not, he's worthy of, 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 of that. We've got... It's, it's his money that he's given us. And for us to go back and go, God, Father, God, like the, like the women, how can I give? How can I give back? What little can I do to help in the kingdom? us join in and us ask that question. Ask that question, pray about it, asking God what type of rhythm, um, and that will include some of these, like, who, where, when, all that kind of stuff. And so, next slide. If we are in a regular giving rhythm, I'm going to ask you just to take inventory of how you've been giving. Um, Because I found myself going through the motions. I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, and I've repented about this, actually. I just asked the Lord to say, Lord, I'm sorry that if I have money going out of PayPal or blah, 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 or whatever that is, like, I want to be like the Shunammite woman that's, con- that's looking for where, the, where things go. And, and I do that well sometimes and sometimes I don't. Let's just, I'm just going to be transparent. There's seasons where I do that well and seasons where I go, huh, I haven't really thought about it much the last few months. But ask the Lord, like, the way that we're giving God, like, how much, when, where, who, those types of questions. Like, are there people that we need to give? Is... Have I not been giving to this community? And as you see the budget, you go, oh, you're going to be shocked, by the way. Sometimes when it comes to giving, we, oh, let me give you the thing I like about the Shunammite woman. We feel like if we don't hear the wheel squeaking, then everything's okay. That is not the truth, hardly ever. Missionaries are not going to ask. (laughs) They're not going to keep asking most of them because they feel like, oh, gosh, I got to ask again. Oh, I don't want to ask again. Churches in general don't really come up and go, man, we're not doing super good because we don't want to ask for money. We don't want to look like we're trying to get people's money. So being a people that are proactive and trying to identify and asking questions, man, that's awesome. So as you do the inventory, 
asking the Holy Spirit to lead you and go, are there people, are there ministries, are there things that are being overlooked that I need to participate in, giving to or giving to regularly, whatever that may look like. So just a simple several-week inventory with your family, with your spouse, individually on this. And then lastly, I would ask you to consider, next slide please, uh, your heart posture. Because some of us give and let's give well, but God's been revealing to me if I'm becoming like my giver, that there's some places of, I don't know if I give with as much joy as I really should, as he does. I can just see Jesus giving and giving his life and all the things that he gave. It said, you know, with joy stood before him, the cross. Like there's this idea of him having joy. Some of us, it may be just a spirit of thankfulness. Like I've I've been realizing when I just have the checks go out, personally, I want to spend some time thanking the Father. Not just saying, not just the check goes out and I don't think about it, but going, that's what I love about the temple and stuff, like bringing the offering, this whole idea of bringing the offering before the Lord. It's a trip. Oftentimes you have this whole time to thank and be thankful for God. And sometimes the way we do things with electronics is so fast and stuff, we don't really think about it. But taking time to go, Father, thank you for the resources that you give me. Thank you that I'm able to give this into X, Y, or Z. And uh, so I would ask that you would just ask the Lord and just consider, because no matter who we are, we can always grow up into Christ because he's just so incredible. Asking the Lord, which area or areas here uh, can we grow so that we can be more like him? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to bring up, I'm not going to bring up, Matt and Brian are going to come up. Uh, and yeah, so they're going to share just some practical stuff, which is cool. I, I like I like this about us. Does someone want one of this lapel, or is that too much? I guess no. And this is like a family style meeting. So if you see something and you go, "Hey, what about this?" Bring, please bring it up. And actually, to start, I was going to have. Ooh, this is really loud. The other AC members, if you would stand up and be identified, so that you're church family can see you. Well, it's not so you can platform necessarily. So wait, where, where are we missing? Where's Bonnie? Bonnie and Selena are in there. Beverly's not here. Um, so that's kind of the crew we've got going right now. Um, huh? That's right. Andrew had to leave. He had to leave. All right. Andrew's a part of it too. But um, Brian will start us off and then we'll kind of go through quickly some numbers. I only have five slides, so it'll be fast. But go ahead. I don't have any slides, by the way, for whatever that's worth. So we took a deeper dive line by line this year than, than what we've done in previous years, which I think resulted in, in some fruitful things. So in the process, we found there were some categories in previous years that we really didn't fund. We had in the budget, didn't really fund it. And uh, we found that it, 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 unfortunately, I hate to say this, but it's just the stark reality is it really didn't matter that we didn't fund those categories. And so it causes a question, do those categories, do they matter? Uh, and, and I don't think that can inspire giving. I mean, how many, how many of you would be inspired to give knowing that you're funding things that in the end, if it gets funded, great. If it doesn't, that's fine. We don't really care. So we trim those categories. I think that's a good thing that we did that. And, and going line by things, item, yes. line by line, that was, a, that was a good thing to find that. Because we want to be faithful. We want to be honest. And we want to do things that matter. 
So then, then we're, we have categories that actually matter. We're talking salaries. We're talking missionaries. We're talking active ministries like Mitchell Nielsen. And so if, if these don't get funded, we're not going to stand here a year from now and say, well, that didn't really matter. We just, you know, it, it, was, it was, I think I used the example in one of the meetings. It was as practical as if we said we're going to fund a Lamborghini. Like, no, nobody here expects we're going to have a Lamborghini. So, yeah, okay, we didn't raise Lamborghini money. Who cares? But I don't think we're going to stand here a year from now and say, well, we couldn't pay the salary to this person working here, or we had to pull back from Mitchell Nielsen or some other active ministry because we simply didn't have the funds. And so what Matt is going to share on the slides is uh, hopefully it's going to inspire more giving. And so previously, if not funded, we just moved on. Now you know, now it, it, we, we really do need to be careful and considerate and, and pray about the things and follow through with the things that John brought to us. And we also want to be faithful stewards, right? Ultimately, whose building is this? Right. This isn't ours. This doesn't belong to anybody here. It doesn't belong to a, a entity, you know, a, a corporation-like entity, if you will. It belongs to God. And whose money is it that's in our bank account and in our pocket? I mean, really, it's, it's none of it's ours. It's, it's all for him. He's, he's gifted us with the things that we have. And what are we going to do with that? that? That's stewardship. We want to be faithful stewards. So that also prompted some of the changes that you'll see in the budget. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say a few things about the, the use of the building, because I know everybody's not here during the week. You don't necessarily see what goes on day in and day out. Maybe you're here Sunday, and that's about it. But there's a very vibrant and big congregation that meets on Saturdays, um, Hispanic-speaking Seventh-day Adventists that have been meeting here for 10 years. Uh, and if you ever come by here on Saturday, you will be welcomed in, and you will be encouraged to join them uh, if, if you so want to. But they use the building um, Saturdays. They use it also on Wednesdays uh, when they meet for their midweek Bible study. They're having a week long this week, um, I don't know what you call it, like a revival type meeting or something this whole week. There's a congregation on Sunday afternoons that meets. Uh, Derek Bozeman, a New Covenant, some of you may remember him. Their, their congregation has been meeting here for the last year, uh, so they make use of the facilities. Uh, there's a music therapist that meets here on Thursdays. She has no other place in Murfreesboro to do this, so she drives down, I believe from Nashville, uh, and meets here uh, working with, um, with children, using music therapy uh, for, her, for her work. Comes here on Thursday afternoons, usually noon to six. Um, Friday night, yes, there's a group that meets Friday night. Um, Seth's a part of that. Um, we're almost in the Gen Zers, I think, with that group even. Um, but they're meeting here for a time of worship and ministry and prayer and discipleship. There's a group that meets at the Taylor Place on Tuesdays periodically for prayer. Uh, Thursday morning group meets here for prayer. So the facilities aren't just being used for what's going on here this morning. There's a, a lot of work that goes on through and throughout these facilities. So if you weren't aware of it, I'm sorry. We haven't done a bad job of telling you what's, what's going on. But that's that what is what is going on. And that's why it's important we keep what we have kind of up and, and moving and working. Um, so with that, I'm going to move into what our budget's looking like for this year. And if, if you've kept up with this stuff in the past, you'll notice a category missing from there. We generally operated with these five broad categories, external ministries, which is going to be your missions. That's the stuff John King has done. That's work with Brett and Christie. That's RFC. That's Paul and Katzi Henderson, um, things like that. We've got our internal ministries. Um, which are going to be grow the men's and women's ministries that we're working to sort of revitalize and revamp as we go along. Huh? 
Youth ministry, yes, of course, youth ministry. Uh, operating expenses, that's the building, that's your utilities, that's keeping things running, that's maintenance on certain things that need to be maintained. Um, and then you've got your ministry leaders, which is your, your salary category. And for those of you that don't know, we don't have a lot of paid salary people that, that help keep things kind of running. We've got John, we've got Larissa, Greg has a new uh, position that we have added in this year as well for the local missions coordinator, Jerry and Danielle. Uh, Deborah, for her part, um, that's it, right? I think that's it. Um, and so if it, I mean, you may notice a little bit of a bump there from last year when we get into the next slide, but again, that's the, the new position that we've created um, for Greg, the part-time position. Um, and so you can see our total for the year. If we fully fund our budget, we're gonna need $3,018.12 every week. Uh, and if you go to the next slide, fellas, just another way to look at it, in case you want to see kind of a breakdown in pie, uh, pie chart there. Um, but you've got your external ministries at 15%, which is, is a good place to be. A lot of churches will run in that 5 to 10. Uh, we've run as high as 25 in the past at some times, too. So we've kind of varied back and forth. But 15 is a good, solid place to be putting it back out, uh, back out into the community and the town. Uh, go to the next slide for me. Um, I don't have the category names on there, but it's, you know, the top. It's external, internal, operating. Um, ministries, and then you see that bottom one that has the 5,000, that was for, that was future planning that we had, for a couple years, maybe five, six years ago, had been putting money in there, but things kind of dwindled down, and we haven't been funding that category for the last three, so that was one of the categories we snipped out of there, uh, snipped out of the budget this year, and I'll touch on maybe a little bit more about why that is uh, in a minute, but again, you can see it's not a great big huge difference between the last four years as far as what would be considered fully funding at a hundred percent um go to the next slide for me so this is the percentage of the budget that we funded for the last five years so you can see on the top there's your budget amount there's the contributions there's the percentage um and it's you know it's been i'm glad you used that word rhythm it's not been a very good you can't really dance to our rhythm of giving <laughs> if, you, if you know what i'm saying I, Maybe, maybe you could, but you're going to be out of step at some point. And then um, I think, what was the word you used? A poopy? Like, <laughs> last, this last year, we kind of took a poopy on this thing. Um, now, I think part of that may have to do, and this is, again, a communication piece, and this falls to the AC, is not communicating things. We sold Taylor Place 2 last year, and we still have that money. And we haven't been talking about what's been going on with it or what we've been doing with it. It's been in a savings account generating pennies, um, but it's, no, it's not been used to fund operations, it's not being used to pay salaries, it's not being used to do anything. It is going to be, at some point going forward, the AC has been working and meeting more regularly to get to a point where we're going to prioritize some things around, I guess, the campus, for lack of a better word, um, that are going to need some attention. I mean, you can see the carpet here. As much as we clean it and pay to clean it, it still looks like the way it looks. And that may be good because it means there's a lot of people coming in and out of here using these facilities. Um, the bathrooms in the main building here are in desperate need of some updating. The parking lot needs to be clean, sealed, and painted and put a little makeup on it. We want the externals of this building to match the vitality of what's going on inside and with the ministries, huh? Yeah, so that's, it's not just about looking good and drawing people in, but... We want to look like what we feel our heart beating. Yeah, like we care. And, and again, th 
the, the budget part of it is, I mean, if we want to fund the things that we're doing and that we're seeing take place, which I think you all have done a good job of putting that front and center. If you were here that Sunday when Dr. Shields was here for Mitchell Nielsen with her cohort of teachers, I don't know if, if you were like me, but you sense it kind of started a little slow, but then it kind of picked up, and it was like a little family meeting, and they were kind of popping, and suggestions were going out, and all the whole time I'm sitting there not thinking, what a bunch of work. It's the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few is kind of what was coming into my mind that whole time. So it was with a smile on your face. You're just like, we prayed for this, and this stuff keeps getting put at our feet. And so the steps that have been taken, I think, in the last year, really, uh, to be faithful to that, um, I don't know, I think have been in line with what I think God desires for this body of believers to be a part of. And so to do that, like he said, it's gonna take, it takes resources. It takes time and money uh, to do those things. So if we can go to the next slide. Uh, this is just another, I don't know if we need to go there, but it's just, this is what we did last year as far as the monthly average. Like, uh, you see that laser? That's pretty cool. So for the month of July, our average weekly giving was this. And you can see what that funds percentage-wise. And again, talking about a... Geez, I wonder what the preacher preached in October last year. <laughs> September and October, apparently. Good, good Lord. But, but again, not a, not a rhythm you're going to dance to, right? Um, and, and again, this is, this is one of those things you kind of, you don't even want to put it up there. You're like, oh, I was just going to make people feel bad. But I was talking to Kyle about it. And he's like, yeah, but if nobody knows that that's what's going on, then nobody knows. And he's exactly right. You just assume everybody knows what's going on, and they don't. And that's, I'm sorry to say that that's, I mean, that falls to the, to the AC on not communicating things. Um, so that's why we're doing this. We wanted to communicate this because, again, we went through that process of kind of trimming things out and realizing, you know, there are obligations here that we can't default on. Um, that we have to to make good on because we've made commitments to them. And it's tied a lot to the ministry that we do. So again, if you feel and believe that the work that is being done, that the fruit is starting to show itself, if you believe in that, then I think this would compel you to be a part of that work, not just with time, but with money as well. Um, I'm running out of things. Does anybody else have anything else they want to add? Any other questions you guys have about what you're seeing or the last year? And that's what Brian that's what Brian was talking about. So there are categories that like that future planning. If that's not funded, that doesn't mean we can't keep the building going and keep the lights on and things like that. So I mean, if you had to really trim it down to completely bare bones where it's, you know, insurance, utilities, the salaries of the people that have we've committed to, the missionaries and things like that we're taking care of, we're meeting those obligations. It's just those categories like future planning, we haven't been able to fund. We've had to, to snip out of there. So that's, yeah. that's where that. Or things like the youth. Huh? Yeah, and that's not what's happening.
yeah, and I think that's probably a good way of that's a good way of thinking about it. And there's things like the youth and uh, grow and stuff where, because of that, Bruce, people are kind of looking for how to cut things and how to spend as little money as possible because we recognize that. Yeah, Kyle's that's the case. I noticed that since we did a lot of cutting out of the um, budget lines items that we weren't using, which was good for us because if we were coming out under based on the monthly and what was the budgeted, we were able to scoop by and move money where it needed to go. And our new monthly or weekly budget is slightly less, but I feel like it's more important to meet it because we have trim set Bingo. back. You know what I mean? So that's exactly that's right. That's kind of my takeaway. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, right. Yeah, not a, well. Let's not get there, right? Yeah, yeah. Just because we're all in here, and um, Donna just sent me a text message, I want to make sure that that this is something that is communicated. That we really need to think about handicap access, especially in our restrooms. So, at that okay, good, good, good. Just want to make sure. There you go, Donna. Wanna? Yep, that's on the list of priorities that AC's talking about. And, and there are some other things that are just as vital. Um, there we go, Ms. Bell. I have wondered, do the two other churches that worship here, do they contribute financially toward the upkeep of the building? They, they do. It's now, I think, and any of the shepherds that were involved in the original decision-making, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the idea is not, this is not a money-making venture. It is to, they do pay something monthly, um, both, both congregations do, and it's to help offset the cost of use of the building, uh, which the contributions that come in from those two uh, pretty much take care of the utilities of the whole building. It's almost a dollar-to-dollar -dollar match based on what comes in versus the u actual utilities. So, I mean, we're not getting rich, but we're not digging into the hole, which is the idea. We want them to be able to use this place, but not, you know, eat all the cost of it. Yeah, and, and that's also something that we're revisiting this year and trying to, uh, we're going to try to update uh, the policies and contracts and all that kind of stuff. It hasn't changed. So you said 10 years, the, the, the Hispanic year. church yeah, has been, yeah, time, yeah. 10 years. Yeah, so, so some of that's in need of updating. I would just, going back to the conversation about the shortfall, I'll just give you an example, right? Um, we just replaced the modem and routers and sort of the Wi-Fi system. Uh, we just did repairs on the deck. We just did repairs on the little shed. Um, every bit of that money came from the sale of the riding lawnmower. Otherwise, there is no money for that stuff. There, because that $5,000 a year that we should have been funding for future planning, that's what that stuff is for. So all of the stuff that you see that's sort of, well, we sure we could, we could replace that or we could update that. No, we can't, right? But there's there's not a there's not a pot of money sitting there, uh, and that's that's we're we're talking about the Taylor Place money. But listen, the list of those things is pretty big. So I just wanted to give you a concrete example of like. It, it, we, can, we can meet those obligations. What we can't do is see something broken and 
definitely have the money to fix it uh, because of that shortfall. So that's that's the that's what that margin's about. Yeah, you're talking about you know big items too. Like if any of you know this, it's, and these things always work better when you've got a story to tell about them. But the air conditioners at the back of the building. If you talk to David Burgess, he can tell you the stories about them. One of them, supposedly, is original to the building. Does anybody know what year this building was built? I think it's 1961 or 62, something like that. So 60 years ago. So they don't, they don't make them like they used to. Boom, that's right. The other one, David salvaged from the Sword of the Lord publication when it was damaged in hail, so it was totaled out, but still useful. And he thought, this might be useful someday. Stuck it on the back lot at Roscoe Brown. <laughs> that's the other one that's working back there. So, and those items, if you look back at any, I mean, this is getting real in the weeds, but the budget notes from 10 years ago, there's discussions about, you start setting aside 15 to 30 grand to replace those things. So I'm sure that's only gone up. So again, there are some big items that are just kind of lingering out there that that money from Taylor Place to sale is going gonna, is gonna to help uh, for sure when that time comes. And again, these are things that we're talking about and prioritizing uh, kind of going forward. So uh, any other questions? Any other I don't know that anyone does. The first step, so I, I talked to John King about it, kind of the first step. If you don't know, if you haven't looked in there, the baptistry, uh, it will test your faith in other ways to step in those waters. <laughs> there is some. It's uh, akin to swimming right underneath the Walter Hill Dam. You're just never sure what you might get. stuff that develops in there. Just kidding. And I think John King has an idea. He believes that if we drain that and kind of refinish that tub, that might take care of that problem because it hasn't always been a problem. I think it's just in the last couple of years um, that it's that it's come up. But yeah, so that's kind of it's that that's a starting point. That's the cheap starting point. Drain it, clean it, see if that takes care of it. If not, then step two. Anything else? Did you say bathroom, Ben? That's what. I, yeah. Yes. Amen. Yes. There you go. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. <clears throat> I I also want to like I I know that this morning there's it could be kind of <laughs> it feels negative and that's okay because it is a little bit but I didn't want to leave without saying from the bottom of our hearts thank you to the to the families to the men and women who have been so like the. <laughs> It could be worse <laughs> to the ones that are actually, that have been regular, like who are really been regular rhythm givers to Stones River. Like this isn't a shame fest. Some of y'all have been totally faithful and completely obedient to what the Lord has on His heart for you all to give. And we all want to say, like seriously, it means it means the world. And we've been able to do some things with Mitchell Nielsen and the churches that are involved. Like we have no idea the reach, the kingdom reach that this building and all this stuff that people that we've been able to do. And some of it would just straight up not have happened if you weren't faithful. We didn't even talk about the transitional ministry stuff that Julie's doing that we're starting. We're going to give more to Mitchell Nielsen. Right. So, and there's a lot to be, to smile about and be excited about. Yes. It just, like I said, it's just to let you guys know where we stand. And if you're excited and ready to pull forward with it, jump on in.
that's a good way to close it out. Unless anybody has anything else. <laughs> always doors, always open, right? All right. Well, if that's it, I think we're just going to sing one song as we close out, um, and then we'll be done. Uh, you know, when we are planning this, truth was, I love this song, so I wanted us to do it. But it asks you to say that you're going to follow.